Alright, it's recorded now. Okay. and welcome to Talk With. Today's guests we have Paula who's a pastoral care worker and a mentor and we have Anthony Andrews who is a co-founder of a company called We Are Parable who specialise in film exhibitions. So today's topic is really important to me because I feel like when I turned 20 I was really confused, I was filled with anxiety, I didn't really know in what direction I should be going and how I should make certain decisions um, and I didn't really feel like I had a certain amount of guidance that I needed. So today's subject, today's topic is Guide to Surviving Your Twenties. So I have some questions for you guys. Cool. Okay. So these are my questions and then later on we're going to get questions from the people that I've asked who I feel like need some form of guidance or don't have that sort of um, help in their lives. Um, so yeah, so the questions, some of the questions I have today was, when you turned 20, how did you feel? Like, did you feel like you was an adult now and you could do what you needed to do or did you feel like like kind of daunt it was like a daunting feeling because you're not a teenager anymore like tell me I think for me I, I did think I was grown I thought I knew everything there was to know I thought that I was living life and you know I was a grown woman and I think when I hit 20 I really started to kind of plan my life according to age so I started to say, okay, at 21, I need to be doing mm. this. At 25, I need to be doing this. Yes. And then by 30, I need to have every single thing together. Life and happened. my life needs to be where it needs to be. Mm. Um, but after a while, you'll see it, it goes very differently. <laughs> 100%, um, But it's just more because of, you know, as you grow, you mature and you also the things that you wanted maybe when you were 20 by the time you kind of hit mm. maybe 25 or 30 um it's no longer a priority yeah, it's different. Completely different. Yeah. What about you, so i think when i turned 20 i actually remember my 20th birthday because i was at uni that day okay. and i just remember thinking okay i just need to get to the end of my degree and i think it's very similar to you like trying to put goals in my head so i was like okay by the time i turn 21 i'll have my degree and then when I finished my degree, I didn't really know what to do next. And it's mm. like, funnily, like, like funnily enough, when I finished uni was when I started thinking, oh, okay, like life's, people aren't going to tell me what to do anymore. Mm. So I feel like an adult, but at the same time, it's like, I do want a little bit of guidance. So mm. I had to kind of, when I finished my degree, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Mm. Just went into doing a job. Mm. And it kind of just, yeah, I kind of just thought, okay, right, I should really work out what I want to do, but I don't know what that is. Mm. So I spent a lot of time just trying to understand exactly what makes me tick. Mm. So, so when you went into like a job, like how mm. did you, like did you feel like disheartened in the fact that you wasn't in the particular job that you had in mind when you was in uni, or like did you not really mind, or was you just going with the waves? Like? Yes, like I always had a thought of going into advertising when I was like twenty one, just like just about to finish uni, and it was really really difficult to like just break through. Like I think you had like thousand people applying for like two jobs. Mm so i just had to start working like, i had to start earning money so i just took this job um i was working in retail at the time um and i just thought okay i'll work i'll do the retail job at the weekends and work this sales job in like during the week and it just drained me completely mm -hmm. and it just kind of it, it was just one thing i just thought i had to I have to get the money in but mm -hmm. then i really didn't enjoy what i did but it was mm -hmm. just a case of okay get the money like, build up your money and then see what you can do but it was just yeah it was hard those first like years at uni and I think it's important to remember that you have to start somewhere. Yeah, mm. definitely. You might not just land into the top job straight away because mm. a lot yeah. of the time you might also not have the experience. Mm. So even though you might have qualifications or you think that you're grown, you might not have the experience. Mm. Yeah. So you're not necessarily going to go straight into a top, high-flying, well-paid job. Yeah. Some people do, but sometimes you kind of have to start somewhere. Yeah. And then um, build yourself up and build your experience yeah that's really true I feel like this generation is like the generation of wanting everything now mm. and don't really value the wait in time and the graft mm. in time that they, especially with social media now as yeah. well they have like you see people where they are at the top you don't yeah. see the like behind the scenes and like the mm. grind of everything that they've yeah. had to do so I feel like my generation is very like focused on the the all of the things that they can get but mm. not focusing on the fact that it's not going to be easy to get there mm. 
there's a really good writer who, um, he's got a TED talk and he says that social media is like the mountaintop so you only ever see the mm. mountaintop no one ever sees the climb to the mountain yeah. and it's like with social media like you said you can kind of curate your life in a certain way where no one ever has to see the climb yeah. they just see the you know the glow up what, what you're doing when you're, when you're on there. top of your game so yeah. yeah I mean you guys have got it difficult <laughs> I'm not going to lie but it's, it's one of those things where you know just having a good circle around you and mm. you know, grinding together is, is, is so important finding your tribe what was the most testing thing that happened in your 20s that kind of made you feel probably that stretching thing that kind of made you feel like just a bit out of your comfort zone completely but you feel like shaped you to be where you are now almost? Oh, um, Mine's a bit deep so whilst I was at uni I actually got very very depressed mm-hmm. um, I kind of, to, if I'm completely honest, I went to uni for the wrong reasons. I went to uni in Bristol and I more just went just to get away from home. Um, I'd had a lot going on at the time and my father had passed away and I was like, I just need to get out of London. So I kind of went to uni and I kind of just threw myself into the uni lifestyle mm. and, you know, I made friends, but I partied and, you know, had a lot of fun. But I think I reached a point where I just felt very, very lonely. Mm. Um, and very kind of out of my comfort zone and I really kind of struggled mm-hmm. and I just started to feel very depressed and at the time I didn't actually realise it was depression mm-hmm. I just thought oh I'm just a bit a bit low, a bit down um, and it wasn't until I actually called my uni and told them how I was feeling and they let me see a counsellor at uni and she was then saying well maybe you are just depressed um, and I think I was also ashamed to admit that because mm. I was just like, no, I'm not depressed. Mm. But um, actually, I was depressed and I, I found uni very isolating at one point. Mm. Um, and it kind of took me quite a while to get out of that place. Mm. I think I'd reached a point where I wasn't really sure what I was doing anymore. I wasn't sure why I was at uni. Mm. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Um, even though I was still quite young, I kind of felt like my life was just sort of crumbling before me. Mm. And I was just like, what do I do now? Where do I go from here? Um, but thankfully I did, you know, I got the support and I did get out of that. Mm. Um, and I did kind of start to see that actually I'm quite young and there's still a lot to my life. It's just because this part of my life isn't going the way I want to. It doesn't mean that it ends mm. here and, you know, you, you kind of really have to go back to the drawing board sometimes as mm. well and think about who you are mm. um, and what it is that you want from life and then kind of work your way up mm. from there. How do you think you found like the answers to that? Because even now, like there'll be days where I'm like, who am I? Like, what, what do I need? What am I here to do? And like, when I feel, finally feel like I have the idea, I'm like, cool, this is my purpose. This is my calling. This is what I'm going to do. Then I'm like, no, that's not. And mm. then I just, like, start to doubt it. So how, do you, how are you strong in that? Like, I think sometimes you have to try different things. Mm. Um, to see what sticks as well so also thinking about what your interests are what do you enjoy doing what do you like Mm -hmm. and trying different things out Mm -hmm. um, and then seeing what really kind of sits well with you so for me I thought I wanted to go into journalism then I thought I wanted to be a teacher so I started working in the school but then I realized actually no teaching's not for me but I preferred more the counseling side of things Mm -hmm. Um, so then I went on and I'd done counseling training Um, and I realised, oh, this is where it's for me. And then I realised I didn't want to counsel adults. Actually, I prefer working with children and young people. Mm. So sometimes you just have to kind of try different things. Try an error, really. And yeah. see what kind of sits well with you. And what, and what you excel in. Yeah, that makes sense. What about you, So I think, um, it's funny you mentioned comfort zones, because I think a lot of my 20s, I was just coasting. Like, I went from job to job to job, not very passionate about the things I was doing it's just that oh yeah I, could, I knew how to market things so I just went into marketing just did these jobs very much in my comfort zone it's funny the only time I really started to come out of my comfort zone and see what was what else was out there was when I met my girlfriend or now wife and just saw how happy she was in her career mm-hmm. and I just remember she was working on one project and I stayed I stayed over at hers and she she kind of got up out of bed and she was so excited to start work. She was like writing notes. I was like, it's seven o'clock in the morning. Like, what are you doing? But I was like, that never really clicked to me. Like I just wake up with this anxious feeling like, oh, what haven't I done? 
like very similar to you Paula like you know trying to understand what my passions were and at that point I realised that you know I always loved writing I was always writing short stories with my teen in my teen years younger than that and um, I remember just going to see a play with some of my friends and thinking that I could have wrote that play or I could have written a better play than that so my friend was like well why don't you I was like yeah why don't I and I just started writing um, and then I handed it into one of, like a London theatre and they were like yeah we'd love to have you on our writing course so do that and you know I started writing plays and like really started to find the different sort of you know outlet for my creativity which wasn't being fulfilled in my job so I think a lot of my coming out of my comfort zone I have to like credit my wife for you know showing me that you know you can mm -hmm. be passionate about something and that can be your day job you know so yeah oh, that's good that's good it's really good um so as you touched on touch on the um the fact that sometimes you wake up and you feel a bit anxious mm. and like worried about like going to do like was it like work or just worried about mm. being there or yeah i think most of my anxiety has come from work mm. in, in all honesty um it's yeah just this horrible feeling like you know you're going to get found out you know i'm not as clever as i as i mm. think i am or as people mm. think i am mm. um and it's almost it's so it's so self-sabotage because you start mm. to perhaps think okay i'm not going to put any ideas out because yeah. potentially you know people might think i'm really stupid for even suggesting that yeah. so i'm just going to step back i'm just going to take a step back and just hopefully that fly underneath the radar so no one notices and obviously that just makes things worse um and I've had a few like incidents at work where you know like discrimination and you know microaggressions have come into it which haven't helped my anxiety but I think it's you know even starting a new job I still have that sort of pang of thinking like okay they're going to work out any minute now that I'm not good enough um, and I'd always sometimes get that that Sunday night feeling you get or sometimes get it on Saturday afternoon like it was just yeah it's just so like debilitating you can't really can't really enjoy your weekend because you know like 48 hours you're going to be back mm. in that space where you're not sure about yourself and you're not being yourself you know you're being this diluted version mm. of who you're supposed to be mm. um so it's yeah it's, it's something that i continually struggle with it's something that i, that I never feel on my business because i work part-time on my business and i work two days for someone else um and i only ever feel it on the days that i work for someone else mm. so it's just it's yeah it's like crazy. your your natural guidance system is really trying to push you to yeah, where you should be definitely. instead of working for the man i feel like a lot of creative people have that sense of feeling like no one really wants to work for anybody else when mm. you've got such a passion for something that you're doing and yeah. something that you're pouring so much energy into mm. um so when it comes to like those days like how would you manage to be able to like almost silence those thoughts or be able to just just know that it's only for a time and like like talk yourself into being like more positive about mm. those situations what do you do it's so hard it's mm. so hard because i feel like i'm two i feel like i'm two different people mm. i feel like i'm this like really weird and socially awkward person in these two days and it's like the days that i'm doing my business it's like i'm that's me that's my that's like you know the minute i walk out the door on a tuesday um for the week and i go to do what i do um wednesday to friday i feel like yes that's that's the real me. Mm -hmm. I never, I never feel anxious about doing things like this or, you know, speaking in front of people when it comes to my business. But you know, trying to get me to do a presentation in front of like twenty people at work, like I'd be in buckets of sweat. You know, I'd just mm -hmm. be, and it's it's really difficult because my wife says to me, you know, oh, I say two days, but it's like for me, it's like it's two days. Mm -hmm. It's two days of diluting myself. It's two days of not being true to myself and not working on the things that make me get up in the morning and start taking notes about what I need to do and it's like once you've had that it's very hard to then switch back to what you've always done and what's never made you happy mm. you know okay that makes sense that makes sense it's getting deep huh? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really quick wow. yeah it's good because this is the thing I feel like especially with my generation like nobody really like goes to the point like the root of like the actual problems and like the way that people are feeling mm. i feel like because it's always like on a surface level that people will talk about these things it never really gets dealt with yeah. um especially from my point of view like with me having anxiety and depression mm. and things like that i haven't and if i did not have my circle and like my walk with team and like mm. my mom and you lot i would be a mess but and some mm. people don't have that so that's why it's like it's good to get to the root 100%. because there's people that don't have it mm. and they need it yeah they need guidance <laughs> um so yeah you stayed home for uni 
I did. Well. I did. How do you do? You feel like that made you um, feel more dependent on like your parents or like more um, less like growth in the areas of needing to like pay bills and like mm. things like that. Because I know when you go to um, I've never been to uni, mm. but when you do go to uni, you have to pay for your accommodation and yeah. your food and your shopping and stuff mm. like that. Did you still have that aspect when you were staying at home, or did you get it a bit easier? Well, the thing is, yeah. So it was a bit. Yeah, my uni accommodation was a bit weird. So I went on campus, I stayed on campus in London for a week, hated it, okay. went, moved back home, kind of hated that, because I was like, I didn't have the space, we were quite cramped where we were, um, I had loads of books, I did psychology, so I was always reading and writing and stuff like that, so it was just too much space, too, not enough space, um, so then I moved out, I moved into private accommodation with like a roommate, um, so I still had that responsibility of paying bills and paying mm-hmm. rent, that at the time I really couldn't afford to be mm. honest but I, I just loved my independent space I had my own room I had the, the sort of freedom of being able to come and go as I please so I still had that um, but then I was still helping my mum on the side as well mm-hmm. with um, any bills as well so you know I very quickly it you know I was an adult even when I started uni because it's like 19 I was still like paying my bills and like you know mm-hmm. helping pay my mum's bills so yeah there was definitely pressures yeah mm. doing that. How did you manage that? Um, most times I didn't really. Mm. Um, I think it's probably where my anxiety around money has probably started. Because I remember just I was spending like uh, 150 pounds a week on just living. And I just thought that was way too much. I spoke to some of my friends who spent like 50 pounds. And I started to have anxiety that I wouldn't have enough money to get through uni. And even though I was working, the money was still like going down mm. and down. Um, so. It was just, yeah, it was really hard sometimes. Sometimes I would, you know, I would get the bus rather than the train. The bus would take an hour and a half. The train would take 20 minutes to get to uni so I could study. And then I'd study until like 10 o'clock and then, you know, get the bus back. And, you know, because I just didn't have enough money to get on the train. So it's like things like that where you make that sacrifice because you know, you know, you're working towards a particular goal. It's just stuff you've got to do, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew my mum needed help as well. So, yeah, it's like, you know, she was like, look, need to borrow 200 quid it was like okay cool I'd moan a bit about it but I'd do it because that's my mum you know so mm-hmm. but it did I think it has led to this unease I have about money mm-hmm. um, generally so yeah do you think that it's done any like pros in your life in the area of the sense that mm. it's made you I feel like it's almost forced you into generosity as well mm. because you're having to help but you're doing it yeah. from your heart because <clears throat> it's your mum and you care yeah. about her yeah. so do you feel like if you potentially had it super easy and like mm. your students finance was like amazing mm. you could like afford everything do you feel like it would have been it would have you would have ended up being a completely different person that to you that you are now yeah i think so i mean i don't <clears throat> i don't like to see people struggle i don't like to, you know if i can help now i'll always help mm. i think that definitely does come from my time helping my mum definitely because there were some really like when i was growing up especially there was some really tough times which was just me and my mum before my brother and sister were born where you know my mum ran out of money at the end of the month you know so there was no money like between sort of like the last 10 days of the month and we had to mm-hmm. you know wheat bix for dinner and stuff like mm-hmm. that do you know what I mean so when I had money it just made sense to give it to my mum you know yeah. and just help out where I can I think there was one time when my mum needed um surgery and the surgery meant that um there was radiation that that where no one could be around her mm. and she was like look this is a big ask but I need you to take my then very young brother and sister to Jamaica and I kind of need you to pay for it and I was like 20, 21 so it was like 1200 pounds I was like okay I'll do it and um, yeah I got a holiday at Jamaica out of it it wasn't too bad but you know it was I had to do that for my mum because she needed it and she didn't have anyone else to, to ask so it has made me a more mindful person when it comes to helping people and just yeah. you know if I've got it to give then I'll, I'll, I'll give it you know so yeah that's good mm. what about you when when you was in uni and you because you worked I remember when I, when I was younger you was always in like June or yeah. like you was always working and I always yeah. wore your clothes <laughs> always, <laughs> always, always wore my like. clothes but yeah you was working while you were studying as well how do you how did that work for you as well yeah so um I had a part-time job as like in a shoe shop and then I used to do waitressing on the side as well. Mm-hmm. I think I dabbled in a few different jobs at the time. 
Um, I think I, I needed to, to be honest, because even though you get student loan, it doesn't, it, well, back then, it doesn't really cover everything. It literally covers your rent. Okay. And then nothing else, really. You might have a little bit of money left over, but not much. So um, I kind of had to do the whole part-time job and then studying. And it is difficult. It is difficult because you have other kids who maybe don't need to work. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do kind of have to find the balance, which is quite difficult. But you just kind of get on with it, I think, because yeah. you you okay. kind of know that's the setup. So mm-hmm. you're like, okay, I just have to get a job. Like I knew, okay, I need to get a part-time job straight away. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just sort of do what you can, really. Yeah. Cool. So you know, like, when you're, like, you know the people that had it easy in uni, mm. can you tell the difference in how they are now they're older? Or do you think that it's just, that it just balances out as they get old, as, like, time goes on? Or, like, can you see that, okay, you defo had, um, Defo didn't have any help, or like you Defo had help, and now like you're, you're cruising, or like, can you tell? Mm, I think for, for me, sometimes you could see job wise. Yeah. So like, there were some people who already had a job lined up in like daddy's office or mummy's okay. firm or something. So some kids definitely already, you know, had a lot of connections, um, and had things kind of laid out for them already. Whereas some of us maybe had to start from the bottom or yeah. kind of do internships and apprenticeships in different ways. Of kind, of, kind of getting in rather than kind of just being handed <coughs> a top job straight yeah. away. Because yeah. um, I definitely saw a few people who just automatically got top jobs mm. because of, you know, their parents. Mm. So. Mm. Yeah, same, 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 like a couple of people that just walked into like 50 grand a year jobs. So I was just like, okay, cool. All right, that's, that's great. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of my friends who didn't work for a uni, I think they, they, yeah, I don't really see much of a difference because they knew that we all worked and that we couldn't all just do, we couldn't just all like just randomly go to like a thing that no one, like, no one had scheduled. Like we, we had things to do, we had responsibilities. So I think they understood that even though they didn't do a part-time job. So they very much understood that, you know, we had responsibilities that we had to follow. So. Okay, yeah. cool. So... This was the last question out of my questions. So, I've never been to uni, so I don't really understand the dynamics and like how it actually is in when it comes to like the going outside and like the party inside. Um, I've never been to any of those raves or anything either. So, just some questions. When it comes to, I feel like a lot of people when in uni, um, that's when if they haven't dabbled in drugs or dabbled in certain things, that's when they'll be like, because they're away from home, they're like, I'm free. <laughs> they like dabble in whatever they're dabbling in. Did you find any, did you have any experiences where um, somebody's offered it to you or you've been in friendship groups where it's just been like right in front of your face and like how did you like manage those sort of situations? Like how did you deal with the temptation side of it? Because I feel like a lot of people um, that I've spoken to um, find that side of it harder and that's where they tend to fall off and then go very left because of it. Um, so yeah, I mean there are a lot of drugs at uni but... I think if that's what you're into, then you naturally gravitate towards that and you'll find other groups of people who are into that. And they tend to go to like similar events or house parties. So you quickly kind of find the people, just like most things in life, like whatever you're into, you'll gravitate towards people who are also interested in those things. And for me, drugs was never really a thing. I, I never kind of felt an urge for that so yeah I went to parties in different places and saw people doing drugs but I was always just like nah, no thanks it just wasn't my thing um and then I didn't really kind of hang around with the people that were into that either yeah. so um you kind of you find your tribe as it were you know and you kind of move according to that yeah I think um yeah I mean I yeah subscribe to a lot of that I think thing that I was always scared to do drugs because I always thought like if I tried something like cocaine I'd be like the first person to die from it so I was like because I'm so tall it'd just be so embarrassing to be like he died from yeah like sniffing coke that'd be terrible um, but I remember the first time I saw someone like do that in front of me I was disgusted I was like it's just yeah it just looked awful I was like there's no way I'm trying that um I think it's funny because it's only after I left uni and it's just only a few years ago where I got my drink spiked and it was just, it was the mm. most, like it was the scariest thing. Like, and I just remember thinking like, 
there was one, yeah, I left my coat inside, it was like February, I left my coat inside, I was out in a t-shirt, like shivering in the rain, someone, someone said like, give me your ticket, I'll go and get your coat, and they actually bought my coat back, and like, you know, all those things happened, I was thinking, imagine if it was like completely different, and I think that was the thought that always, um, that I always thought about when I was at uni, like, what would happen if I got so off my face that I'd run out in front of a road and I didn't even know, like, mm. that was always the thing that drove, like, that, that, that kind of fear really drove me, like, never really dabbled in it, didn't really hang out with people that did, and the people that, some of the people I hung out with who did it, I was like, mm, nah, don't know if I can really be around you yeah. doing that. So, yeah. 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 Funny story, actually. I remember when I was at work in my old job, I won't say the name, but, um, yeah, in my old job, there was a time I went I went out the night before, and um, one of my colleagues was like, oh, you're, like, you're hungover, and I was just like, yeah, I'm just tired, I'm going to go have a coffee, mm. or an espresso or something. And then um, the guy was like, oh, I'll help you, I'll help you. So I'm thinking, okay, cool, he's going to put the kettle on. He's going to make my life easier. No. I go downstairs, he's like, oh, go to the bathroom, go to the bathroom. I'm like, why? Like, messaging me on my phone, like, trying to be all discreet. It's like, go to the bathroom, go to the bathroom. So I'm like, okay, cool. So then I walk in, and it felt like one of those, you know those movies where everything just starts to slow down mm. and spin? Yeah. I open the door, and I just see cocaine, like, on the side. This is 11 a.m. at work. Wow. Like, cocaine on the side. And like Romanian money rolled up, and he was just like, he, I looked at it, and then like the world like started spinning. And I looked at him, and he's like, Oh, God, I was like, Nah, it was like wow. one of them ones where it's like the devil's on your shoulder, the angel's like, No, don't do it. And yeah. it's like, Yeah, go do it. Mm. I had to like literally just leave the area quickly. And it's like, Your opinions change completely of people 100%. when it's yeah. not, it's not something that is inclined for you to do. Mm. And it's like, I feel like a lot of the time that most people are in those sort of situations, I feel like it's not. Not to say that you're weak-minded, mm. but to say that in certain environments you're less strong to be able to make decisions that will better you in the long term. Mm. Um, and I feel like when it comes to drugs and certain things like that, like I'm not gonna lie, I'm not gonna sit here and say that like I'm the perfect person because I did used to smoke and that used to be a very big um, problem in my life um, because it didn't help with my mental health. Mm. And I had to make that decision and be like, okay, cool, this needs to end now. But that's when I became stronger in my mindset to be able to be like, okay, this isn't good for me, it's not better in me, it's only making me worse, this needs to go mm. and make those changes. And then only then is when you start to see that those sort of parts in your life when it comes to like drugs or if you use, some people use alcohol, like mm. those are the things that will hinder you from progressing in the areas that you want to progress in. Mm. So I feel like with this generation especially, when it comes to alcohol and drugs and like in uni sort of times is when they get the most pressure mm. and the most stress mm. because you're in you're in an environment that you're not used to you don't have that support of your family that you do when you're at home mm. that's when you would generally turn to those things that you wouldn't mm. necessarily go to back home um, and i feel like it's just being able to acknowledge that it's not something that you necessarily need mm. and understand that it's it's okay to be weak sometimes but it's not okay to be stuck in it. And if you do feel like it's a problem, you need to get help mm. for it. Mm. Um, and I feel like that's where it becomes an issue that people don't want to get help mm. for being in those situations. I think that's really interesting because mm. I remember maybe about you know, end of last year, I remember I was at a party and it was like, it was a bit of an industry thing and I didn't really want to be there, but I was kind of there because it was kind of important to be there. And I, I just remember feeling really anxious of being in this space and thinking like I had to put on a bit of a show to be there. And then I just started drinking. I was like drinking to like try and calm my nerves down. And I was drinking, drinking, drinking. And I was like, what are you doing? Like I just stopped yeah. and thought like, what are you doing? And I felt terrible the next day. And I think it's from that day that I was like, like I'm not drinking anymore. And that was, I think like October. And I haven't mm -hmm. drunk since. And I don't think I'm going to again. Because it was just like I was drinking to kind of rid my anxiety and I was mm. like that is like using that as a crutch is like just not where I want to be at mm. all yeah. so it's just a case of just ridding it from mm. my to, from the equation you know and just mm. actually I don't really miss it at all it was just it was just the really like it was just a wake up call to be like yeah. well how often like how many times have I done this and not realised yeah. but mm. there's something about that night just made me think okay yeah. just take a step back and just think what are you using alcohol to do yeah, you know? no, I really agree with that. I think it's really important to get to the root of why you're doing it. Mm. So even if you are feeling tempted, like if you're at uni and you are feeling tempted to get into drugs, like 
okay, why, why, where is this coming from? Mm. Why am I feeling tempted? Why do I feel like I need to do it? Where, why, where is this pressure? Mm. Is it, am I trying to prove myself to people? Am I trying to make a point? Mm. Um, am I really insecure? Am I trying to avoid something mm. or someone? Yeah. Um, so I think it's always getting back to the root of the why, mm. like why you're doing it. 100%. Like, especially that it's good that you acknowledge that as well because mm. I feel like a lot of people will know that there's a problem but because it's too much to actually deal with the problem they'll just keep like drowning themselves in the same mm. sort of issue and, and not trying to deal with the root yeah. so yeah that is, I think that's a major point like it's, you need to be accountable for it and acknowledge that there's an issue mm. um, so Definitely. yeah that was the last of my questions so Basically, I asked people if there was a guide to if there was a book called A Guide to Surviving Your Twenties, what would the questions that you'd want answered be in it? So, when I sent that to them, I got a lot of responses. Mm. <laughs> so I'll go with the first question, which is, what should I do if I feel like I'm not achieving the goals I wanted at my age? Um, I think be kind to yourself. Yeah. Because I think sometimes when you, like I said earlier, when you're in your 20s, you feel like you have a short span of time mm. to have your life together. Yes. And you pretty much say, okay, by 30, every my life has to be together. And it doesn't always work out like that. Mm. So I think be patient with yourself. There is a process, there is a journey. Um, everything is not just going to necessarily happen overnight. Mm. Um, and you are going to have to experience some failure sometimes mm. as well and go through maybe a few bad experiences mm. to, to build you up, to get you stronger, to bring things back into perspective as well. So I think just take things a step at a time. Obviously have goals, you know, have goals, have dreams and work towards them. But don't put your pressure, pressure on yourself to say, you know, by this age, I have to be here. Because mm. again, back to the why. So why do I need to be here at this age? what what does that mean or what am I trying to prove yes um you know what will that mean for me because mm. some you know a lot of the time you get to that age and you realize that oh I'm not where I thought I was going to be or I'm not as mature as maybe I thought I was going to mm. be or actually this is not what I want anymore yeah, yeah. you know I might not <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I don't want to be doing this job anymore yeah. I don't actually the thought of getting married at this age is a no-no yeah. so um you know sometimes when you get there don't really want it yeah. anymore mm. so i think so just do what you can in the time that you have mm. and you know be driven be focused but don't beat yourself up about yeah. ages attaching ages to everything yeah. Mm. yeah i mean just to follow on from that i'd say continually reevaluate your goals like mm. just really ask like ask yourself that, yeah like you said that why question why do i really want this is it because this is what my peers want or is it is it because it's what i want and actually, your 20s are really a period of exploration, of understanding who you are, of understanding your passions, the things you don't like, the things you don't, the place you want to be, the place you don't want to be. And I think it's just something where you always have to really look to try and always, I guess, yeah, just explore your, your personality. And, you know, friends that might not be into the same things as you, maybe those friends that you don't, talk to as much and you're yeah. moving towards different circles and you're understanding more about yourself um i remember i always had this goal in my head by the time i was 35 that i'd make 100k and actually now when i think about that now earning 100k in the kind of job that i was doing would be hell now like having to work for like an insurance company in the city and just yeah no zero creativity like just working in this in this sort of like you know fancy cell would yeah. just be would be horrible but when i was 26 i was like that's definitely what i want to be i want to be driving a bmw i want to be living in the stick somewhere and yeah that's still a dream of sorts but actually the way i get there has, has just shifted completely yeah you know yeah. so yeah. yeah i feel like especially with um creatives as well mm. we don't really like in them like when i think back to me being in school i remember being like cool can't wait to work in London Fashion Week. I can't wait to be doing this and um, be on film sets and like all of this sort of stuff, doing makeup. And then when you're actually in it and you're projecting for the next thing that you want to be doing, yeah. you forget about the things that you wanted before that yeah. you're actually yeah. in now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's like 
now like I'm, I have the opportunity of being able to I've worked London Fashion Week I, I, I do make up on film sets I do get to edit and do photography if I, and like mm. get help from it and get guidance but it's like I'm so thankful for that but it's a constant you need to remember that you're actually in the dream that you had before mm. and to know that you're still going to get to where you want to be but it's just going to take a little while yeah. like, and not be so hard on yourself and yeah be kind mm. to yourself 100% and to remember that your pace isn't everyone else's pace, pace. Yes. you know it's, it's like it's you, you're running your race yeah. you don't need to worry about what that person's doing or what that person's mm. doing because as long as you're focused on your goal then you'll get there yeah. and actually you spoke about like being at school and I remember reading something a couple of weeks ago that said you know, we always ask children what they want to do when they grow up or what they want to be and what we should really ask children is how they want to feel mm. and it's like how do they you know do you want to be do you want to work with a team like do you want to be around people when you're when you do whatever you want to do do you want to be on your own do you want to be outside do you want to be inside do you want to work in a science lab like trying to understand like their feelings and their their sort of mental i guess their mental state as opposed to saying okay you want to be a fireman don't you you want to be a nerd like you know it's, it's about that 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 feeling as opposed to the doing, the doing and i think yeah. you know just trying to change that mindset that you know we are our jobs or we are mm. some some title actually there's something deeper going on and you know allowing our children to think about being happy what makes them happy yeah. because nowadays you know there's jobs out there now that just didn't exist five years ago so mm. imagine i'm thinking about my kids and what they're going to be like in 10 15 years and the jobs that are going to exist then just yeah it's just an exciting time so trying to get them to think about how they feel and how they want to feel yeah, yeah hopefully that will lead to, to them being happy which is all I want really yeah, yeah. So. Cool. I really agree with that because I work with a lot of young people mm. and they're you know they're worrying about their GCSEs mm. I'm like oh my gosh my GCSEs are going to determine my life yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're really not they're really not but because they're so young as well they're not aware of all the different types of career paths yeah. they, they yeah. just think about you know doctor lawyer yeah. teacher they don't know that there's so many other things you can do mm. so i think actually focusing on you know how would you want to feel mm. is actually a really mm. really key point yeah yeah hundred okay another question is when is the right time to have a partner this one is really interesting because i feel like everybody right now is so like caught up in like relationship goals and wanting to have that that person that they can just be with for the rest of their life and yeah so when is the right time i mean i can only talk about the time that was right for me i mm. guess um yeah when i met my wife um i just come out of a long-term relationship um i was yeah 20 yeah i was 25 and I was with my ex-girlfriend for about three years. She was a bit older than me and she wanted a kid and I didn't because I was quite young. Um, so left something pretty heavy and then started to move into a relationship with someone who had just kind of shattered my expectations about what a relationship sh should be. Um, and someone who I always wanted to be around, who seemed to always want to be around me. Um, and, you know, we were both at a stage where we were starting to be... I guess she was starting to sort of, you know, like build our careers, but she just went in a completely different way where her, her passion was also her career. And like I said before, that really drove me to kind of find my passion. So I think for me, it was just the right time. Like I was, I was doing about five, six years of the jobs I was doing and actually meeting my wife when I met her kind of just led to this really exciting experience that I'm on now. So I don't know if I answered the question, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think you can really put a time frame mm. yeah. on that. I think just focus on going, going about living your life, mm. yeah. um, and working on yourself as well. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then on along the way, you know, the right person will slot into yeah. that as yeah. well. And I mean, literally slot in. Not yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't change, don't change who you <laughs> not are. Not you changing or trying yeah. to become something for that person, yeah. but mm -hmm. they will kind of slot in and they will get you and you know get where you're going. Mm. Yeah. Um, but I think the most important thing is to focus on yourself, mm. and building yourself up, and really being sure about who you are and what it is you want. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that somebody is going to come in and complement that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna think, yeah. And don't get caught up on 
relationship hashtag relationship goals and all that stuff because <laughs> it's like you know you know we spoke about already you can create the perfect relationship online but it doesn't exist it doesn't yeah. exist like you're going to have arguments you're going to have fallings out you, you're not going to be able to stand the person one day and you're going to be all loved up with them the next day like it's hard work it's just hard work to maintain yeah. like a healthy and effective relationship and yeah. you know it's yeah social media will only ever give you the, the gloss and sometimes it's just like you left the toilet seat up, you need to put the bin bags out. It's like, it's all that stuff that <laughs> no one life. sees. Yeah, it's, it's real, real life, life, you know? So, yeah, I wouldn't get too caught up on trying to stunt on the gram with your relationship. Exactly. Yeah, It'll be even better it when it's the, it's the real thing it's the real and it's thing. not forced. Exactly. I feel like a lot of the time people are so ru- like rushing to get into relationships mm. that they choose anybody and this anybody mm. that they're choosing is not helping them or progressing them in mm. any way, shape or form. It's just stunting their growth completely. So yeah, I think it's really important to just live your life and progress, like do what you need to do to better yourself. Mm-hmm. And then when you're running that race, there's gonna be someone running just as fast as you trying to get where they need to get to. Yeah. And you'll meet and you'll be happy. Yeah. So yeah, um, what's another question? Um, okay, how do you find the balance between protecting your mental health and striving for your future career in a generation like ours? really staying connected to your family to your friends yeah and like real true friends um that's another thing really kind of know who your actual friends are and who your acquaintances are Mm, really know who really know who your support system is um i think it's really important to stay connected and speak you know speak up about how you're feeling find that one or two people that you can really trust (coughs) and really be honest with and really offload to um, about you know what's going on for you don't try and be a lone soldier and deal with with everything on your own Mm. Um, because after a while you know with anxiety (coughs) anxiety is a lot of just built up um, suppressed emotion Mm. and then it just comes out in the form of anxiety so I think it's really important to be talking to talk Mm. um, and get that and like really be real yeah not Mm. just talk about the highlights of Mm. your life transparency really be real really be honest um you know i think it is hard for this generation because i mean social media has its pros but i think it also does create a lot of unrealistic expectation Mm -hmm. um and a very kind of get rich quick yeah you know yeah this amazing life mm-hmm. every single day Valenciagas yeah mm-hmm. just Steffi's yeah <laughs> just, just this expectation that I should be doing this now yeah. I should have all of this now yeah. or I should be like how my friends are yeah. now so I should be lifestyle yeah my yeah. life should be like this yeah. and actually you know a lot of the time we don't know what's going on behind the scenes mm-hmm. and everything isn't always as it seems yeah. mm-hmm. and we do need to run our own race yes um, and not focus on what everybody else is doing yeah. but really focus on what we're doing yeah. um, and where we're going 100%. sometimes you may need to have you know a break from social media yeah. or oh, not yeah. being it on it that as is, much that's kind necessary of that is keep a peace of mind mm. also simple things like you know travel mm. you know see the world um exercise yeah. <laughs> eating well but i think you know the number one thing is staying connected mm. and talking mm. you know, talking about what's going on yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely agree with that. I think I'm kind of at the stage now where I'm, I struggle with, like, balancing my personal life with my business, like, with what I do with the business. Because I work quite a lot, quite hard on the business a lot of the time because I, I know where it can go. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm constantly telling myself, ah, oh, yeah, but we're not where we need to be. But then, you know, like you said earlier, I actually take a step back and think, oh, man, you know what? We're doing all right. Yeah. We're doing all. We actually are doing okay. Um, so it's just reminding myself about that really, and just saying, okay, yeah, I've got goals and they're ambitious goals for what what we'd like to do. But it's actually, yeah, it goes back to you know, it will happen when it's due to happen, yeah. and nothing's gonna pass me that's for me. Um, yes. So it's just mm. remembering that and just thinking, okay, you've got this far. You know, it's about being 
thankful for getting this far um, and just appreciating what's there and just thinking who I'm doing yeah who I'm doing it for Mm. I think like you said I think I need to find that person um, who I can speak to I think it can't really be my wife just because we run the business together sometimes it can be a little bit difficult to to truly sort of like talk about that side I think it has to be someone like one of my friends who I could talk to and just have that conversation and just say I'm feeling this way about the business um, but yeah, finding that person and just being able just to rant for a bit and then mm-hmm. maybe coming back to it and being like, okay, it's never as bad. It's, it's not as bad as I think it is. Mm. You know? So, yes. Yeah. 100%. Okay, another question. What are the hidden responsibilities? What are the hidden responsibilities that come in your 20s? Hidden responsibilities. Hmm. Uh, this one's interesting because I'm right at the start. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's so much hidden, but I think you do get a wake-up call of, oh, crap, I'm an adult now. Yep. I'm paying proper taxes. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. and um, I actually oh. have to start paying bills yeah. as mm. well, um, which I think can be a shock to the system. Because mm. you kind of think, like, it's my money, but it's like, no, you still have to kind of yeah. pay bills. And I think it's that undertone of, I need to be responsible now mm. um, and start learning to also manage money. Mm. Um, yeah well yeah. which I think you know can be a difficult balance to get when you're so young yeah um, but yeah I think for me that's an undertone of like yeah the financial side of things okay. I think you need to be responsible mm. I think a hidden response again I don't know how hidden it is but I think a responsibility just to to remain healthy and I think mental health is, is, is mm. a massive part of that um, you know we we'll go to the gym we can all get or get you know, beach body ready or whatever but I think just being able to look after your mental health whether that's by meditating whether that's by you know, having your circle I think that's a really important part because I mm. think you know you can get sucked up into that social media life yeah. and it can be all that drives you why have I, why have I only got 90 likes when this person's got 200 like you know it's just really just paying attention to what you're trying to do how you want to feel um, slowing your mind down and really just reconnecting with what's important to you. Mm. I think also learning how to navigate in the workplace mm. yes. as well. Like yes. there's certain you know behaviours mm. like how you need to compose yourself, how you need to come across, um, you know, learning. how to compose yourself in a meeting. Mm. Um, also things like just you know how much you share at work as well. Yeah. Not oversharing, and, mm. but still being sociable. Yeah. And being a team player, I think those are kind of skills you kind of start to learn. 100%. You're like, oh, okay, maybe I shouldn't behave like that. Or yeah. maybe I shouldn't say that. So, yeah. And you start to learn about personality types and character types and mm-hmm. manager types mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So, yeah. That is true. That is very true. Okay, when should we start saving? Now. Straight away. Yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> the day before. The day before. The day before yeah. yesterday. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, and the last question will be, how do I become more confident in myself without the other, without other people's opinions affecting me? With mental training, mm. by you know, like, like I said earlier, re- reevaluating yourself and your goals, mm. and being very clear about what those goals are. And I, I think one thing I was going to say earlier was a case of, you know, so, at some stage in your 20s, actually just taking a, you know, taking a minute and just being like, okay, what I believe to be true and the things that I've been trying to strive for, are they still important to me? Mm. Or are they important to my mum and dad? Are they important mm. to my friends, my family, whoever? Mm. And, and it's, it's a tough conversation to have with yourself. It's probably a conversation you don't want to have for yourself because you're so, you've been so driven towards this one thing. Maybe mm. your degree was based on that one thing. And you're not sure how to pivot and change direction but I think it's really important because you don't want to be 35 thinking man you know what I put my ladder against the wrong one wrong wall and now I've got a mortgage and a family to support and I want to go and be a ballet dancer in Australia <laughs> I don't know but do you know what I mean like it's just yeah. having those thoughts yeah. now yeah. while you're relatively responsibility free um, yeah. you haven't got people who depend on you like really thinking about that yeah I think it's it's definitely a process of constant reflection yeah. mm. um, 
So like uh, Ant was saying, always kind of reflecting on where you are at and what is important to you and who you are as well. Mm. Um, like who you think you are. And I think also being looking at the negative sides of you as well, not just all the positives, like how am I? What is it about me that isn't that great? And and really kind of starting to unpick that yeah. and constantly trying to work on yourself. How can I be better? Yes. How can I be stronger? Yes, you know, that's true. Constantly improvement. Love that, love that. Okay, so thank you guys thank you. for being here. I have one last thing that I need you to do is describe your 20s in one word. Uphill. Uphill. Oh, no. uh, enlightening. Enlightening. Yeah. Nice, nice. And if you had one piece of advice that you could give your younger self that will encourage us, what would it be? Speak your mind. Mm-hmm. Yes. Speak your mind. Say, yeah, say how you feel. Say mm-hmm. what you want. Be mm-hmm. honest. Obviously, you know, when it comes to your parents, sometimes you have to go about it in a certain way. Um, or you know at work or with people there's a way that you have to conduct mm. yourself but you know never allow yourself to be a doormat mm. always speak your mind be honest with yourself and with others yeah. and I would say back to the money thing get an FU fund so but basically have money aside so if you're in a bad job if you're in a bad relationship <laughs> if you're in a bad situation with housemates you've got your FU money unemployed for yeah. two months you yes. can leave that relationship you can you know move out you can do whatever you need to do to make sure that you're good yeah i love that so, yeah. 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 yeah save 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 okay cool thank you guys for being here and thank you guys for watching if you're watching on our youtube channel then subscribe like and share and hit the notification bell and if you're listening on our audio platforms make sure that you share so that everybody can have their guide to surviving their 20s. Thank you for talking with us, and we will see you next time. Bye.